Welcome to another episode of Baggers Chat. My name is Mitch Panson, and as always, we're joined by Ethan Daffy, and we're a bit on, on a high right now because, of course, we have eight wins in a row, and we're just kind of still reviewing, I guess, the Carlton v. Melbourne game that we just witnessed uh, a few days ago. But, of course, today we are doing an episode, and is and it is the preview for Carlton v. Gold Coast, round 23, Saturday 2.10, at, of course, um, Metropolitan Stadium, but uh, now it's called Heritage Bank Stadium, of course, but... Uh, <laughs> First things first, Daffy boy, how are you and how was your week? It's been a very, very good week. Um, to be fair, it's been a very, very good eight, nine weeks, um, you know, as a Carlton supporter. And we I touched on it earlier. We were talking about, you know, who we're going to play in a final or blah, 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 worrying about everything. I think we need to stop worrying and enjoy what we're going through right now as as supporters of the Carlton Football Club. I, I just thought it'd be good to start on that kind of note. I feel like uh, I saw someone tweet today the same thing. Just just enjoy it. Don't worry about the, you know, don't worry. Just mm. don't worry. It's the, it's not about being cocky or anything. I'm not saying, you know, we're going to beat everyone. I'm just saying this moment right here, we haven't won eight in a row since 2000. And that's before we were born. So it is crazy that, we're in this situation and, you know, we're heading into um, round 23 in fifth spot, probably a game in hand, like a game ahead of six really in Sydney. So um, yeah, it's interesting times, but Gold Coast away is always a little bit of a banana peel for mine. <laughs> That's only a good way to put a banana peel. <laughs> but, um, I mean, of course, of course, they had to add another round to make it a little bit more nerve-wracking, nerve-wracking for our supporters. But no, nah, I mean, we need to live in the moment. You put it there beautifully. Um, I guess, like, like I guess it's about the motto of life. Like, you need to try and just live in the moment. Try and take in yep. the positives as much as you can. And right now, we are we have eight in a row, but it's always a PTSD of us just being like, oh no. Like we're we're almost there. We're almost there. And of course we have to come up against Goldfish, which is a team that we should be beating. Um, I reckon if we are losing this game, um I'll I'll be I'll be quite uh, quite shocked, I guess, in a way. But um I know. I mean, as you said then, I just think it's a it's another opportunity to keep the momentum going. Um it's a big um opportunity for the players once again to well and truly make that um that final spot, but also to lock in the home elimination final because that's a big thing as well. Because if we speak about danger teams outside of the top four, we're probably one of those teams that everyone's looking at. So if yep. we try and just lock in that home elimination final, finals, of course, but home elimination final, whether we're in fifth or sixth, at least we get that home elim- elimination final and we're a good chance to maybe make it to the semifinals and whoever is there, they're going to be nervous because everyone knows that right now, if we're playing the top of football, we are right now, which we are, and try and transition into the finals, we're going to be a danger team. But uh, we need to touch on the two milestones, of course, this week. Uh, well, David Cunningham, of course, is playing his 50th game, but also Paddy Cripps is fifth all-time games as captain um, in the club. So I think the question is, because usually we do favorite moment beat Gold Coast, there are actually a few moments from our end, but... I guess the question is today more about Paddy Cripps taking over Judd. So Daffy Boy, what is your favorite moment, Paddy Cripps as captain? 
There's uh, there's a few there's a few you know obviously negatives as well not personally but him as captain we've uh, not particularly been fantastic and successful but uh, like our last probably hundred captains that we've had we've barely won a game but um, no with with Cripper you know his his moments always come in games where he's the standout I feel um, and I feel like this year he's been underrated just due to the team success rather than him like on the weekend he had 30 and no one like people were talking about him of course like we were talking about him and his performance and you know there was still a lot of praise but it wasn't like he got us over the line like on his own obviously he helped but um it's it's a team effort now but for me I think the best moment was last year round one I think big moment for the skipper 45 degree angle Kicks his third. Carlton haven't won a game before round three for ten years. Um, it was a bit of a, you know, we've turned the tide a little bit. Um, and it was kind of his moment, especially after 2021. He copped his fair share of criticism. Everyone thought he was finished, um, you know, with his injuries and his back issues and his needles he had to have every game or some shit was going on in 2021, which was pretty hard to see uh, when your captain's forcing himself to play under that sort of um, kind of injury and pain. And, yeah, no, I thought last year when he kicked those three, those three goals were just so crucial. And, um, you know, I know this season did not end up being the season we wanted wanted it to be last year, but it was a definitely turn of the tide and, you know, getting that drought over the Tigers at that time. We've ticked off many droughts now. Mm-hmm. That's what good teams start to do. When they've gone from rebuild to good, they tick off these droughts. They tick off these droughts. And we ticked off one on the weekend with Melbourne and you showed how much that mean, meant to him in terms of we've got that, you know, we um, didn't fail at the last hurdle again. And but yeah, round one last year for me. Yeah. I think, I think it's a good way to put it. Cause you can always look back at like where his first moments kind of that made him captain, but that was the one that kind of made him return as Paddy Cripps because yeah, yeah. so many years of him being injured. Everyone, like, as you just said, I think everyone was saying, oh, this guy's done. This guy should be leading the club. This guy isn't the guy that's going to lead the club forward. Everyone thought he was going to leave to West Coast or Fremantle midway through 2021. And he signed the contract. And um, there's so many moments, uh, especially as him as captain. Like, like I know even as a young star, he was um, like, he was one of those guys that you knew how good he would be as a leader um, if he got that opportunity. But the one moment, and I reckon I say it, Every single time, whether it's to do something to do with Paddy Cripps or whether it's to do with Collingwood, but my favourite <laughs> moment is the goal that he kicked against Collingwood. Langdon, here comes Cunningham, busts a move. Cripps, this is a big moment. Holds a breath. Breathe. What a goal for Patrick Cripps. Um, 2019, um, when it was Hutto, <laughs> this is a big moment. Hold your breath. But yeah, it's just. Like that moment always comes, and I still remember it to this day so clearly because I was at the game, and then I was starting to think like Cripps might be that guy that might lead us forward because he's obviously had a great season to the to um well like through 2018 2019, um he had that great season um seasons, but I know that like when he kicked that goal and the commentary when I went home I was like oh but buddy brilliant <laughs> and 
it was one of those moments where he was one of the first, I guess, goals and first moments that he had as captain, that he had to step up in that big game. Yeah. And he did. And he did. And I know that we lost in the end, but it was still that red footy, MCG, nutty <laughs> yeah. day. It was just... <laughs> I, I remember it so clearly. And it was, what, four yeah. years ago. So, um, but yeah, shout out to Kripa. So... Um, I, I I know that. I mean, I think we might, uh, mentioned it last episode. And while he's playing in his career, he needs to be captain until the end of his career. It's like Joel Selwood. Like Joel Selwood was never not going to be captain until the end of his career. Um, and and I think Cripps has to be the same because he's just that guy that he's just got leadership qualities all over him. But also he's the guy that whenever his team needs him, he's the one that you look to, and he's the one that you know is going to step up for his team. But we're now going yeah. to move into the potential inclusion. So two very crucial names. And, and it's going to be a conversation whether both of them are brought back. We don't know yet. Um, but it's, course, it's, of course, the return of Harry Mackay and Jack Silvani. But um, just before we move on to the ins and outs stuff and who we think, um, who, who we might bring in, um, these two, how crucial are they are to our system, but also to our forward structure? Yeah, it's uh, kind of dawned upon us pretty quickly that they um, returned. I, I think Harry was uh, three weeks before that he was supposed to come back. So for me personally, I think they actually overdid it. Uh, they overdid it saying it was going to be six weeks more to, you know, just say that's the benchmark in terms of the injury. And then hopefully he comes back a little bit earlier and we get a little bit of a surprise, which we will this week. And um, obviously there's been a bit of talk in the media about Mackay, uh, a lot of, you know, saying that we don't need him up forward, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, there's different trade things saying, you know, Melbourne should go after him because they got picked five and 15 and he's not fucking going anywhere. I don't know. Can we, can we just put the line through that, man? He put aside a seven-year contract last year. I don't think a guy who signs a seven-year contract will want to end up going. Obviously, we know how important he is. Like the club knows how important he is. That's why they've given him the seven-year contract. And obviously, he knows how important the club is for him. So uh, he's he's an important asset, especially for Charlie. Like you can tell. Like Charlie's still playing good footy, but it's having two of them. You know, having Harry up the ground just opens it up for Charlie staying deep and actually gets more of his goals with Harry in the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Sauce. Um, it was a bit of a question mark over what his injury, the actual timeline was. Um, they weren't really too clear on it um, over the last few weeks. It was a bit, you know, like it was like two to three, you know, three to four. You don't really know. Like it's just one of those ones. And he must be back in, uh, he's back in full training. So it's good to hear, Pato. And um, another guy that will um, throw the spanner into the works for the selection. And it's going to cause headaches. And I can't believe we are talking about selection headaches to Carlton Football Club. We are in a p- fantastic position right now that we can have guys in the twos that should be playing ones at any other club. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about, you know, maybe Pido getting dropped. He'd be a ruckman in another club. You're talking about other guys like, you know, Cottrell's and all those types of guys who may be on the fringe. Like it's nuts, Pedro. Like in years by, we would have, you know, a lineup and would force someone from the twos who isn't even playing that good to play in the ones. You know what I mean? You go, oh, you know he's getting dropped the week after. Like he play, he plays like he's getting dropped. But now we're bringing in these guys. We're, we're on an eight-winning streak and we had him Harry and Sauce for four weeks. Mm. 
and then Chera and Walsh as well. It's it's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I feel kind of bad for the uh, coaching panel. It's going to be a tough selection. Um, it's tough. It's got to be cutthroat, but that's the way this kind of business is, isn't it? Mm. I reckon this week especially is going to be the most crucial um, yep. selection because not only are you bringing guys back that are crucial to the system, but yep. also it's going to be like it's in it, you need to see what is the right mix for finals. Mm. Like what is that right mix? And how pleasing is it? <laughs> you're now saying we need the right mix to see how we go for finals. Like it's so pleasing and it's, oh, I'm so well. I mean, it will be funny if we lose to Gold Coast and Giants and we somehow come ninth. But we're not going to speak about that. But um, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting conversation, Harry McKay, because I think they said it on Footy Classified, and I was like, he he has signed a seven year contract, and they were speaking about how <laughs> like like Melbourne need Brunny out of their team so they can get Harry McKay. I'm like, yeah, well, you're like sure, like you can get Brody Brody yeah. out of your out of your team and get a key forward. But we need something back in return as well. It's Harry fucking Mackay. Like, yeah. so, I, like, at the end of the day, he's not going anywhere, and um, he's so crucial to our lineup. Um, and as you said, I think it really helps Charlie Kerno because with him not being that key forward and being held by three or four guys every single week, now Harry Mackay takes two of those guys, and it's even. So, um, yeah. but, yeah, so now we'll move straight into it, ins and out stuff, because, I mean, it's, it's a... It's, I guess, the big conversation with who we're going to bring in and who we're going to bring out. Who are your ins and outs for this week? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, Sauce is one of those players. I've got Sauce and Harry in. Um, I think you've got to bring him in. I think we need to get some run into them uh, before finals. But it's tough because I don't think we can necessarily bring in everyone in the next few weeks. I think you can. I think Chair and Walsh are locks, but... I wouldn't necessarily think Matthew Kennedy comes no. straight into the team. I mean, I think he's definitely good enough. But if he comes in first week of finals, it could really, you know, do we, you know, is he right? Is it right? You know, we've got these guys running into form come finals, whether it's Paddy Dow, you've got other guys in there. Um, it's it's going to be real tough. Um, and I, it took, took me a few minutes to really get this outsorted in terms of um, Harry Mackay, because I don't think we can drop any of our forwards as of right now. I think, you know, our small forwards are doing the job. And I think, um, well, I guess this guy has been playing half forward and wing that I will be dropping. So I will be dropping. Uh, so I'll be dropping Pitto um, for Sauce. I think that has to be done. I think Pitto is really good in the ruck on the weekend. Um, and I wouldn't be, like you said in the last episode, I wouldn't be against him playing this week. Uh, I don't think it was a performance drop, but it's a, it's you're gonna have to make way for someone, and I think Sauce is the guy. Um, and my other drop is Matt Cottrell, who I think's just been off the ball a little bit um, the last two to three weeks. Um, I, I don't think he's been terrible, but I just think he hasn't had really much impact at all in the last couple of weeks to his standard. We know if he, you know, I'm not trying to bag him here, but I think we've got to be tough. Yeah, we've got two guys coming in who are definitely best twenty-two. So you, you stiff shit, you're gonna have to be dropped. Um, and obviously, Harry takes that spot. So you look at it and you go, "Are we too tall up forward?" I'm not sure, but um, it'll be interesting because uh, for me, I think you have to keep Fogg in. I think he stays in for the rest of the year. For me, uh, I think his pressure is the best in mm-hmm. the tank uh, tackling wise. Um, Jesse Mollop's kicking his goals. Um, had a quieter one on the weekend, but I still think he was okay. And then. 
Um, obviously, Jack Martin's Jack Martin, and then uh, David Cunningham, who goes through the middle as well. And Falk through the middle has been oh, um, really underrated, I think. You know, he's had his when he's had his time, especially in the last quarter, he was in there the first three minutes when we kicked those three goals. Mm. <laughs> it's like, um, it's good to see from a guy who we, you know, people think, oh, he's just that small forward, but he is that midfielder. He's always been that. He's supposed to be a midfielder. He was a Geelong. He was a, he was a mix of a small forward mid. So um, good to have that kind of under our sleeve come finals time. Yeah, because I think I think with Fogarty and Cunningham, they're both the exact same players. And I've seen recently, because it used to be the player of Cunningham going more than through the midfield, but now mm. it's kind of switched where Fogarty is playing more midfield time, which I love. I love because yeah. I reckon Cunningham is that more... I mean, I always touch on him as the, I guess, the Rolls-Royce sort of player. But I think with him, I think it's going to be like he needs to stay more, more forward and Fogarty through the midfield because he's such a he's such a weapon through there. And I think, it, like, I mean, as you said, I think the three goals that we got in the first, um, in, in the last quarter, they were all like Fog was through there, through that midfield mix yeah. that, that whole time. And um, it's key, but... I mean, I'll say this once again. I feel like we say this every single week. Our ins and outs, we never touch on. We never speak about our ins and outs. And we never actually tell each other who our ins and outs are. But my <laughs> ins are Harry Mackay and Jack Savardi. But my outs are Mark Pittnett and Matt Cottrell. <laughs> and yep. they are right there. <laughs> all, to all, to all the viewers, they are right there. So... Um, and hopefully the match predictions weren't just shown then because they also are there. But so the question, <laughs> I guess, is the sub. Who 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 do you reckon you'll play the sub as? Because mine's very obvious. But if you were to pick a sub for the weekend, um, who who would you pick? Ed Kerno. Okay. Ed Kerno. But there is other options. It could be um Jordan Boyd, who I think is probably close to coming in for mine, and um maybe I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it has to be Ed. I don't think there is anyone else. Okay. Uh maybe a Lewis Young. I don't know. He wasn't particularly fantastic on the weekend in the two. So um yeah, I've just gone with Ed just to have that kind of midfielder to come in for the last, you know, quarter or whatever he did like on the weekend. He came in for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, he actually ended up playing the VFL game the day after too. Really? Um, he played the whole yeah, so if you don't play enough minutes as the sub, um, they go and play the next day, which would be really odd. Like, you'd come off the high of a win. It'd be really weird, I reckon. Like, you'd play the Friday night and play in front of fucking no one the next day. So, uh, nah, Ed for me. Okay, so my sub is Matt Cottrell. Oh, fuck yeah. 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 And yeah, I yeah, reckon, yeah. I reckon he is, an, he is the perfect sub. Yeah, yeah. You touch on there, and if it's the fourth quarter, yeah, you bring on Cottrell because... Realistically, I could almost see Cottrell as a as a tagger, in a way, because he because he can yeah. run, he can run, 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 run. But also, I think he's a little bit quicker than Kerno, where you could bring him on for the fourth quarter and he can play anywhere. VFL, he was yeah. playing half back, and yeah. in the seniors, he was playing half forward wing. He could play anywhere. So I think the sub for mine has to be Matt Cottrell, um, because as as we said, I think he, he's such a He's such an important player when he gets his opportunity, but it's just the past two weeks, he hasn't been up to where we know Matt Cottrell could be. So now it just it like, unfortunately he, he just has to pay for that. And because yeah. that's just what good sides now just have to deal with and selection integrity where 
if you're not performing in the team for one to two weeks, like it's so stiff, but you have to make way because we've got a guy like Harry Mackay coming back in, Jack Silvani in the same week, and the week after we got Chera and Walsh. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just thinking of it. <laughs> Wait, we got we got four crucial ins in the next two weeks, including McGovern <laughs> as well. Yeah. Like, we got like we need to make way for Gov as well. Yeah. Oh, it's just unbelievable. But so now we'll move on to the ground overview. Um, as we always do, we touch on the back line, midfield, ruck, and forward. Um, and as we always do, we got to touch on the the back line first. So we go in Brody Kemp as the key matchup up against Jack Lacocious, which is a bit of an yeah. interesting um, matchup. I know that, um, I know, uh, I know, I know that Lacocious have been in absolutely fantastic form the past few weeks um, for Gold Coast. So I think he's still quite underrated. I, I don't know if Gold Coast know where they want to play him. I know that he's playing wing. I know that he's playing forward. Um, I know a few years ago he was playing halfback, but I know this year, He's been based mainly solely as a forward, and I reckon it's really helped on um, the Suns because they've because I think probably Casbolt might not be there next year. If it's Lukosius and King up there, it's pretty um, it's pretty threatening. But Brady Cam versus Lukosius, Daffy Boy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I rate Jack Lukosius very highly. Um, I think he's probably their most influential player forward of the ball currently. Um. He's an interesting one because, like you said, he, he can he can play, kind of play any position. But for me, I think he has to play it forward for them. I think he um, he kicks too many goals up there. And um, he has that talent, doesn't he? He has that raw kind of talent that can be frustrating at times when he has um, quiet ones because you just know what he can do. And then um, he just might not be working hard enough in certain games. But, yeah, another test um, for Kemp, who I thought was good again on the weekend. Does his thing, took a rip and mark over Melksham, um, sat on his shoulders and took a grab. And um, that kind of shows what he's what he's about and his confidence is starting to grow week by week, which is um, really, really good. And um, I was just looking at it now, um, in, but in terms of Gold Coast forwards, um, Ben King is a test this week to play. So that'll yeah. be an interesting one because uh, we had a similar situation a couple of weeks ago with his twin brother who um, came back from an injury um, through a test, which... Sometimes I don't mind when they come back a little bit, uh, you know, they come in from an injury, you know, I just don't know. There's something about it, especially big fellas. Um, they tend to take a couple of weeks to warm up, but that'll be an interesting watch, but they have no one else coming back in from injury. Obviously they've still got Will Powell, Lockie Weller, um, Nick Holm and all them um, guys are currently out uh, for the rest of the season. So yeah, um, yeah their, their forward line, obviously they've got, um, uh, former blue in uh, Levi Caswell up there, who just uh, signed a new contract, a one-year contract. So he's going to be there for his third year. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, extend uh, his contract, his stay. Obviously, they've got Sam Day, who's been there since day dot. Not sure how he's still on their list, but um, he finds a way to plug away at, up forward. But we versed these guys nine weeks ago, and we haven't lost since. So, um yeah, they're, they're always one of those teams up there. Like I said, a little bit of a banana peel, but good teams don't slip on banana peels. Yep. I, lo- I love that. I love that cliche. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely uh, <laughs> absolutely fantastic, very cliche. But, um, you know, I didn't know about Levi signing on, and that means heading into next year will be 34. And that's quite... Yeah. That's quite um, you don't really see many key forwards nowadays go around when they're 34, but uh, I guess credit to him because he must be enjoying his time up and up on the Gold Coast. But to touch on another um, 
former blue Nick Holman. Uh, he he's actually playing a pretty, he's actually having a quite a good season. But um, yeah. Also to touch on Sam Day, he had his fiftieth game last year. So uh, last year, last week. So um, he's obviously like he's been a work workhorse his whole whole career. So um, credit to him. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a test to see how they kind of deal with Ben King coming back. Um, if he does come back, like well, I know that they probably need him. I think if he's ready to go, he's an absolute lock to play. But also, I think Day would probably be the guy that would, they'll drop. Um, but yep. I think, I don't know, because whether King maybe comes back in, maybe Day kind of stays in the forward line and Lukosius plays as that wing. I don't know. But I think Lukosius just has to be that key forward, as you said, because he's such a asset and he's such a weapon down there. But um, now we'll move on to the midfield clash, of course. And I think this is the one that they're going to be an absolute lock. Um, I was kind of going through their names and I just think that this is the the one that's probably the most anticipated, I guess. And it's Paddy Cripps versus Tuke Miller. Now, Tuke Miller in, in recent years, the reason why he's become probably one of the best midfielders in the game um, is due to him actually playing as that, I guess, free midfielder in the past few yeah. years and really showing his um his skills. But the past few weeks since he's come back in from injury, he's been a tagger, but he's also been, been playing a little bit more as a midfield. So he's kind of, I mean, he's gone to Lockie Neal. He's gone to probably the star players. I know Sydney, I think he went to Luke Parker or Callum Mills um, last week. Uh, last week. So with Tuke Miller, do you see him going straight to Paddy Cribs? Because it's obviously worked for, for the Suns the past few weeks because he's limited Lockie Neal, um, I know, but I think... I think Neil Sewer still had a solid game when he played against Miller. But do you reckon if Miller does tag, does he go straight to Paddy Cripps or maybe even a George who had someone else in there? Um, how how do you see this key matchup playing out? Yeah, I uh, it's always a funny topic when you talk about tags. Obviously, last week um, he did tag Errol Goulden out of the game. Um, Goulden only ended up with, I think it was, he had like under five. I think, he, I think he moved though. I think he moved. Yeah, so at half time. He wow. So five at half time, and then they've changed it up for some reason. The Suns and they've and he's I ended up I... with nine, and they end up losing by four goals. So I think if you have a tag, you got to stick with the tag. In my opinion, I don't think you need to shy away. If it's working, you got to you got to just stick with it. But um, yeah, no, Crips are for me. I think Crips is a very tough player to tag. Oh yeah, I think I still think he's probably the top top two or top three best midfielders in the competition, in my opinion, in terms of the different type of midfielder he is. You know, you can't just you got to beat him in the air. You've got to beat him on the ground. Um, you got to beat him toughness wise, and obviously Took's an absolute star of the competition. So I don't really see the need for him to be tagging. But um, if they feel the need to tag Cripps, well, then there's an opportunity for you know George Hewitt and Paddy Dow to open up and. Um, you know, hit the hit, hit the ball running, and you know, Paddy Dow, man. We 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 talk about you know finals coming up. If he has another good performance over twenty touches, why the fuck would he get dropped? No, you know it's tough. It's tough, but you go. I know you go. Chera and Walsh coming in, and probably he's probably predominantly getting the Chera minutes in my opinion, um, currently. But if he's playing fucking well enough, and and we're winning games, I don't see why not. So. Yeah, they they got a good midfield. I think um, Noah Anderson's a very good player, and I think I think Rouse Rouse an interesting one for me. I think he's he's a beast, but he just tends to not get as much of the footy as we think he would. Uh, I think he had like eight, six six to seven weeks with 
20 touches or less. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one there. But, Pato, mate, uh, if, if if we can beat the fucking Melbourne mids, uh, I'm pretty sure we can beat the Gold Coast. <laughs> we don't want to... We don't want to... <laughs> we don't want to uh, downgrade, I guess, the Gold Coast midfield. But uh, <laughs> it's just... It's just fun. it's just funny the way that you kind of say be like we don't want to lose to uh, the Gold Coast midfield. But to touch on Matty Rowell, um, he actually got twenty five touches last week. So I, th- there's been a bit of talk about Rowell, and like I know that we're we're kind of one of those guys that it just he just doesn't get enough of the footy, and like usually like you kind of th- think he gets more of the football, and he's like God, he's been pretty impactful today. But you see the stats sheets, and he's had sixteen or seventeen. So to him get twenty like for him to get twenty five touches last week, um, I think was crucial. But yeah, also to touch on their midfield, I think Rao Anderson, they're they're all in there. But another guy that's come through the past five, six weeks for Gold Coast is Sam Flanders. Like he's yes. been one of those guys that that's a big risk. Um, I think if he he starts to get going, because I reckon he's quite quite good and I actually rate him quite highly. Um, but of course last week he like he kicked a goal and he had twenty three touches as well. So I think he's a little bit of a risk, but um, I don't think it's going to be a massive thing. But I think that's why Tuke Miller is tagging a little bit more, just because Sam Flanders is obviously playing such great football. You've got Raul, Flanders, and Anderson through the midfield as that genuine midfielders. And then um, Miller is that more of a tagger. That's what I've seen. But, um, yeah, I think it's a big, a big test. But once again, I mean... I think if we beat Melbourne's midfield last week, Daffy Boy, I think we are. Yeah. We can easily beat the Gold Coast Suns midfield this week. But okay, so yeah, of course we'll uh, now move on to the ruck combination, which is of course the big matchup. With this is the one that we kind of expect to happen, which is Tom DeConning versus Jared Witts. Uh, Witts is still one of those ruckmen that I still think is very underrated. Um, but this matchup, Daffy Boy, I know that there might be a Levi Casbold as that second ruck, and whether we bringing Jack Silvani at, at, as that second ruck to go up against uh, Wits and Casbolt, or we just stick with Mark Pitt in that. Um, how do you see this matchup playing out with TDK and Wits, but also Casbolt as a second ruck? Yeah, no, I agree. I think Wits is um, definitely one of the premier ruckmen in the competition. I think he gets his lack of credit just due to being in a side that's out of Victoria. Um, tends to happen with a lot of players outside of Victoria. They tend to, you know, I'd imagine Errol Goulden's one of them as well. Uh, that we touched on earlier, he'd be a Brownlow favourite if he wasn't in Sydney. So uh, in terms of the media, the media always talk about Victorian players. But yeah, Wits is really good. Um, obviously played last time against us and won majority of the hits, but we just uh, beat him in the midfield um, in that game, which was, which was really set the tone over the last eight weeks, which has uh, been good. But with TDK, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a challenge um, once again, uh, a challenge that he can definitely... Um, you know, uphold to because he faced Max Gorn last week, who, in my opinion, is probably arguably the All-Australian Ruckman this year. Um, and his form in the last six to seven weeks um, has been top-notch. And, um, you know, like that last play of the game with that last pack, that was Teddy K punching the ball. Um, he came across um, and knew that he had that one last ditched effort. And for me, I think the mentality is there for him to really become one of the best Ruckman in the competition. And, um he, he wants to be a blue for life, in my opinion. Um, you know, he signed a two-year deal, but I think that's just um, to kind of shush the critics for a bit and shush the media for a bit in terms of 
contract negotiations. But yeah, I think he can get the job done against Wits. He doesn't have to beat him. For me, yeah. I think it's like Gorn. You've just got to minimize the impact that he has around the ground. And like Gorn, he wasn't able to take marks. He wasn't able to um, be that impactful self with ball in hand as well. So um, Wits, very different Ruckman. Very so, different Ruckman to Gorn. I feel like TDK could get him around the ground um, and really impact going forward of the ball, which TDK has been really good at in the last month or so. Um, especially there was one clear clearance on the weekend where he kind of took it out of the ruck and Max was left behind him and he went forward and got it inside 50. So that's always a good sign. And then obviously Levi is the second ruck, who I think is a very, very serviceable second ruck. Um, you know, he, he does his thing. I think he's kind of, you know, his nickname should be serviceable. Um, he's that kind of footballer, in my opinion. Um, and, yeah, it'd, it'd probably be Sauce as that second ruck who, in terms of our selections, but if it's Pito as well, um, Pito or TDK, I think they'll get the job done and, um, you know, hopefully get some good looks for our midfielders. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a great way to put it with Levi. Like, he's he's obviously played a great had a great AFL career and I think it's a great, yeah. way, like a great way to put it and he's just serviceable. And I think he would accept that as well. And yeah. I, think, I think Gold Coast have obviously given him the opportunity after we delisted him. Um, yeah. And I, I think he's actually been really good for Gold Coast since he's moved yeah. over there. So, but yeah, I think he's a big asset as that second ruck. And of course, Jared Witts, the, like, of course he's captain as well, but I think he's that, he's that one player that, as soon as he gets going, I think everyone kind of comes with him. He's, he's very much like a captain, like a Paddy Cripps. Um, so I think if he starts to get going, um, it's big. It, it might be a big worry, but I think I think with Wits, he's he's very much similar to a Mark Pittnet. Like he doesn't move around the ground as well, I don't think, but I still think he has solid enough, um, I guess, agility around the ground to get enough. But um, yeah, so... Um, I think with TDK, I think it's like, it's, it's a big thing with him. Like the big thing with TDK is not trying to, I guess, necessarily um, beat Wits, as you said, but I think it's just down to trying to limit the goal code because in general, I think the contested ball and the clearance ball from Gold Coast is a big thing for them. And it's yeah. mainly off Jared Wits and tap down to, Tuke Miller, who of, of course is the co-captain um, as well to Jared Witt. So, um, yeah, but I think it's a big, I don't know. I, I don't think we should be worried at all because we have no. 110% um, seen the great football from our end and we should 100% be confident. But it's just a big thing where Gold Coast over there, they're, they're a solid side. They're, of course, kind of playing with, um, I guess, freedom, of course, with their interim coach. So I think it's a, yeah. It's a big thing, but now we'll move on to the forward line, and of course, hopefully this does happen. But we'll um, but we'll just touch on a few few a few forwards, of course. But um, the key matchup, of course, is Harry Mackay versus Sam Collins, and I think Collins is still one of those guys who, once again, probably a good way to put it, is serviceable. Um, and and I think he's still quite underrated in the competition. But hopefully, if Harry Mackay does return, I think Sam Collins will go straight to Harry Mackay, and Charlie Ballard will go to Charlie Kerno. But um, out, out of this, I guess key key forward matchup, Daffy will um out of this key forward matchup, Daffy Boy. But of course, other forwards down there against their um, I guess medium size defenders. Um, how, how do you think this matchup will play out? 
Yeah, it's an interesting defence, the Gold Coast. Um, I was talking about it the other day um, with someone and I just thought, you know, I think they're a little bit undersized. I think in terms of height, they just don't have a key back. I guess Sam Collins is... He's not massive though, is he? He's not. He's not tall, tall. He's a uh, you know respectable height for a for a key defender. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting with him and Harry. I'd imagine Harry will play on the weekend. Hopefully, um, I'd imagine he will. Um, but yeah, it's like we played him last time. I just felt like we really got on top of their defenders. Um, I think I think Harry kicked three or four. Charlie kicked three or something like that. It was just. Every time we got an, a quick entry and we seem to beat them one-on-one. So hopefully that's the case this time. We just keep getting quick entries in and good looks for our forwards. And um, in my opinion, I think Harry will kick a bag because I feel like that's just that it's just that kind of moment um, everyone talking about if he's important or not. And then he kicks five or six um, to just tell them, you know, that's why I'm in the team um, and I'm a cold medalist. But yeah, their defence, they've got, you know, some pieces there that, you know, are good. Oh, I think, you know, Mac Andrews is going to be a good player. Um, I think he's really grown this year. He's a different type of defender. He's a tall lad and uh, kind of that more intercept type. Um, Charlie Ballard, like you, like you said, he, he's solid. He can be a bit, like mentally sometimes he can zone out a bit. Um, like that time where the ball rolled in and, oh, he kicked it off the ground in round 14 uh, in the goal square, which is one of the most ridiculous goals I've ever seen in AFL level. It shouldn't be happening. But they've got other guys, you know, rolling through there, you know, Rory Atkins and um, McPherson's and even Anderson's been off the halfback a little bit the last couple of weeks. So it's really, you know, with our forward, you know, the strengths we have as a, as a forward line, you've got Harry, Charlie, um, obviously Jack Martin's a Matt crucial, um, crucial player this weekend. I think he can really open it up and um, hopefully Jesse, Jesse and uh, Matty always can hit the scoreboard as well, Pato. Yeah, well, I think to touch on Jack Martin, of course, he's coming up against his former side. So I think it's a big, big opportunity for him to, of course, I guess, keep going with the form that he's had the past few weeks. And of course, last week, he didn't hit the scoreboard as much and he didn't have the impact, I guess, we quite know of Jack Martin that he usually does. But on the other hand, I think he his his impact where he, he does the selfless stuff where he, like, he, he, he does the tackles and it necessarily isn't like a, a stat but it's still quite um, impactful and it really does help with um, with our forward line. But um, would you just want, want to very quickly touch on that start there, Duffy Boy? Yeah, so shout out to all, all blue, all, uh, the Blues Brothers, sorry, uh, podcast, um, the Almost Blues Brothers, sorry. Um, they had a stat, I just saw it on Instagram um, that they released about Jack Martin and 50% of his touches he's had since he's come back, have led to goals. Insane. That's unbelievable. So, obviously, I'd imagine it'd be score involvements, goal assists, and obviously his own goals. Um, that's crazy. He has two touches, and one of them will lead to a goal. Goals. Oh. Like, that's just crazy <laughs> stuff and shows, like what you said, his, his impact doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be kicking five every week. He um, His impact is a lot of the time in handball chains or goal chains. So, against his former side, why not kick a couple at the Heritage Bank? Heritage Bank. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, well, hopefully we're not laughing about it after the review because uh, hopefully we can get, get the winner. We can even talk <laughs> shit about the Heritage Bank. But, um, but, of course, we'll now move on to our last segment of the episode, of course, and we always finish with a match prediction. So 
Daffy Boy, I need your best on ground, your point of difference, and your winner plus margin against the Gold Coast Suns. Best on ground, Harry Mackay. He'll be best on ground at Heritage Bank. He'll be kicking a couple of snaps from the boundary in in with the with the sun beaming down on him on the Saturday afternoon. Um, just to help us get to that home final spot, I, I think, personally, um, which is weird to say once again. Um, point of difference, it's always it's always a toss-up, isn't it? Uh, I'm just looking through a few names. It's always a last-minute kind of thing for me. Whatever pops into my head, I just go bang, and I just feel like he's going to be the man. And I think the man this week is going to be David Cunningham. Um, we know what he brings, but I feel like this is a type of game. He dominated against them last time in his first game back in a year and a half or whatever it was. I feel like this is the type of game at Metricon where we sometimes lack that class to to really finish off a team, a Gold Coast team over there. And obviously we lost there last year. So um, I think Cunners is going to provide that class and uh, keep a couple of snags. And winner plus margin for me, um, I've got the got now. I've got Carlton. <laughs> I've got well. Heritage Bank is their fortress, you know that, Pato. Um, but no, Carlton, Carlton by thirty-five points. I, I don't think it'll be easy. Um, I picked it close most the last few weeks. Um, obviously, they have been kind of closer games in a sense, but um, I think it's going to be one of those games where we do worry, but I think we break through in the third quarter and uh, win comfortably. Yeah. Well. My best on ground and point of difference were completely different, but my winner pass margin is very similar to yours. So I'll just <laughs> say that, um, of course. But the best on ground, I'll start off off with a bit of a – it's a bit of a different one. And it's Tom DeConning. Best on ground. And I think – yep. I'm very excited with what I – I mean, I was very excited with what I saw last week against Max Gorn. But I think I'm even more excited to see – how he goes, and I've only put him as best on ground if Pitnet doesn't play, and if yeah. he like if he gets that chance as a sole ruckman, which of course he has has had the chances throughout the year with Silvani being the second ruck, and he's actually he's he's actually been quite good. So I think TDK for best on ground, I think it's a big opportunity to now that he's signed that contract and he's locked into the club, um, and with Pitnet maybe coming out and Jack Silvani coming in, I think that really helps TDK. Um, and yeah. of course, it will give him more ruck time. And whenever he wants to, I guess, transition forward with Silvani, that's kind of down to him. But who who knows? I think TDK is the type of guy that can play like a Tim English, where he can play a lot of ruck minutes. He doesn't need yeah. to necessarily have a second ruck. Um, so I think TDK for best on ground. Uh, my point of difference is the other, I guess, ruckman, and it's Jack Silvani. So if he <laughs> comes in. Um, yeah. I would really like to see how he goes because, of course, his injury um, that he had against Port Adelaide, that was kind of the last time that we've seen Silvani. And, like, my word, how great did he play? So yeah. um, I think he's a he, he's a crucial in um, if if he does play. So point of difference is Jack Silvani. And my winner plus margin is called by 37 points. <laughs> well. so, <laughs> so I think it's the same kind of, um, I guess, conversation and opinions. Um yeah. You said earlier that it's not going to be a close game. I, I was actually thinking a little bit less than that, maybe like 25 or 20, because I just think Gold Coast is going to show up a bit of a fight because now yeah. we're kind of classified as a, I don't want to say good side, but I think I will True. say a good side. We, well, we are a good side and I don't want to jinx us. And I reckon if Gold Coast 
like they're playing against us and it's probably one of their, I think it's their last game at Gold Coast, but um, I believe, I don't know for sure, but I think it's their last game in front of their home fans. So they probably want to show um, a bit of a fight this week. Um, but I think it's, it's a big chance, but I think we're still going to be too classy for them. So Carlton by 37 points uh, against Gold Coast Suns is my match predictions. But Daffy Boy, before we wrap up the episode, is there anything else you want to touch on before uh, I guess we come to an end? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a really good position to be in. Um, that we obviously we've got to win these next two, in my opinion. I think we've got to be pushing to get this home final. But it's good to be in a position where we're not riding every ball for the next two weeks. Um, maybe if results don't go away, maybe next week we do ride the results. But I think um, we've just got to get the job done this week and focus on the Giants on the Sunday and uh, get some troops back um, over the next couple of weeks and. Hopefully, uh, well, I'd imagine we would be getting the home final, hopefully. Hopefully, if we can uh, keep this run going. and uh, But, yeah, once again, live in the moment. Enjoy this moment. Strut around the streets. Strut into school. Strut into work. Whatever you're doing on a day-to-day basis because they know we're coming. We're the most informed team in the competition, whether they like it or not. And, um, yeah, watch out. Heritage Bank. Yeah, well said. Oh, we'll look out for Heritage Bank, mate. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> rocking when Carlton wins. <laughs> maybe, actually, maybe we should change Marvel Stadium to Great Southern Bank, Dappy Boy. Who Great knows? Southern Bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, of course, um, I mean, well said. Um, it, it's a, it's a big game. Um, it, it's a, it's a game where we have a chance now to well and truly. We don't have to worry about any other results if we win this game. If yeah. we win this yeah. game. We are 110% playing finals this year. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's an absolute lock if we win this game, if we get a home final. It's still a very good chance if we win this game. It's still a good chance now if we lose both games. But um, I think if we win this week, it's a big chance that we'll get the home elimination final. But, of course, we will be locked in for finals football. But, of course, coming into round 24 v Giants, that will be a big game because, who knows, Giants might be needing to win and we might need to win to have that home um, home elimination final. But um, yeah, once again, uh, it's an absolute pleasure being in this kind of position right now with you, Daffy Boy, where we are finally seeing some great football. Um, And hopefully I think we will definitely, but I think we'll uh, be around again in September to do some uh, finals content for what's in our lives. So, uh, but (laughs) I think it's good, but uh, to all the viewers and subscribers uh, and, and the listeners out there, make sure to like and subscribe on all the platforms you see us on. Um, we are trying to release a preview and review every single week. Um, but also next year, there's a lot of plans going going around with our baggage chat. So make sure to try and tune in. Um, and of course, next year, it's a big it's a big year for us at baggage chat, but hopefully also the current form club as a whole. But as we said, make sure to like, comment, subscribe on all the platforms you see us on. To you, Daffy Boy, and to all the blue baggers out there, up, up the baggers. baggers! Come on. <laughs> <laughs>